Hey there, friend. Welcome to It's Me, Michelle Castro, the podcast, where we discuss marriage, parenting, work, and everything in between with the desire of seeking Jesus Christ first and always. You're probably running errands, waiting in the pickup line, or maybe you found a minute to sit. (laughs) Just kidding. Probably not. Either way, whatever you're doing, stick in your earbuds, press play, and let's get started. Hey there, friends. Okay, so today before we get started, I'm going to just give you a little update on what I feel the Lord is calling me to within this podcast and what that looks like for right now. Because as we know, the Lord, um, I feel like as I lean into him and I listen more carefully, Maybe it's not so much that he's um, revealing new things to me, and I don't mean that by like an audible voice. I just mean, you know, putting them on my heart. Um, I don't know as if he's revealing new things to me as much as Michelle's ears are finally open to them. But a couple weeks ago, episode 293, I entitled, What Does It Mean to Be a Christian in the World Today? And here's what's really interesting is I think like the next day, I was really just praying, Lord, show me the direction that you want for this because my vision and what I want for this and what he wants aren't always the same. And I want to make sure that I am not mistaking my thoughts for God's thoughts, right? Like I'm currently reading a book about the Holy Spirit and I am really good at discerning my voice to be the Holy Spirit. And that is wrong. Uh, My voice is not the Holy Spirit. And I want discernment in that area. Or maybe I should have said not discerning my voice for the Holy Spirit, but confusing my voice for the Holy Spirit. And I don't want that to happen. So I had asked the Lord, like, make it clear to me, because I really just feel like, um, sure, there's a lot of voices out there, but we've built this community. And I know that many of you, if not all of you, want to know what does it mean to be a Christian in the world today? And so I was just asking the Lord, like, what does that mean? Like, show that to me. Like, what? Just flood me with ideas. And I kid you not, I walked out of the shower and I was flooded with ideas. So my desire over the next over this season, I'm really trying to break things up into more of a season. I don't know if you can hear Molly, my dog barking like crazy, but she is, she's not going to stop. So it is what it is. I just feel like maybe she's just like preach sister. This is what we need to hear. Um, and now there's a helicopter going by. I don't even know what's going on here, but what does it mean to be a Christian today? And we're hit on all different sides with so many different things, which really dovetails so nicely in what we're going to do today. A few months ago, in fact, I remember saying this because I read this book while we were living in our rental house after the fire. I read this book, Live Your Truth by Elisa Childers. And I remember saying, I'll do a book review. And here we are six, eight months later, and I'm finally getting around to doing that book book review. But I know that what she wrote about in this book and what you're thinking and, and walking through on a daily basis is really, it comes down to that. What does it mean to be a Christian today? How does that in fact uh, impact my prayer life? What does it mean? How do I pray? What does it mean in my marriage and intimacy and my relationship with my husband? And honestly, that series that I did on marriage and your husband uh, has gotten so much, um, so many downloads. Sorry, I'm so distracted by the dog barking. 
And so pardon me for a second. So what does it mean to be a Christian today? So those are some of the topics that we're going to be hitting on all the way down to like time management. What does that mean as a Christian? And not to like spiritualize everything, but God is very clear in his word what we're to do with our time and how we're to do that. Does that mean that there's never a time where you're just sitting down, you know, channel surfing? Um, Go for it, provided that you have done all of the other things that you need to do in your day. Also, like, what are the things that you need to say no to? So this is just kind of like a highlight of what to, what's to come and what I'm working on. I'm working on guests for that. I'm super excited about the guest for prayer. You're going to love her. And I cannot wait. I feel so honored to be able to have this conversation with her. But I've also reached out to Elisa. And right now her schedule is just so jam-packed and it's not something that she can do at the moment. But be praying if you would. That would mean so much that you would be praying for the right guests. Sure, I can share a lot of this stuff with you. But I think it's so powerful to hear from other people too who this is really more their expertise and they come with a life experience around that, I think it would just be so powerful. So that's a little look into my heart and what I um, envision for this podcast really to be a resource for godly living. And that sounds so like spiritual and I I, I just mean it as it is, a resource where you can come and say, oh, you know what, Michelle did a, an episode on this and maybe you don't agree 100%. Maybe it stops you to think and maybe it makes you mad. And I'm okay with that. I love emotion as long as you go back to God's word and you research that yourself. I, do, I am not the authority on all of these things. Uh, God's word is. So, friend. That brings us to this book review. And I'm just going to stop and I'm going to pray really quickly because I want to make sure that the Holy Spirit is speaking through me as I share my thoughts. Dear Gracious Father, I thank you so much for this day. I thank you for each woman who is listening. I thank you for this podcast that clearly it's yours, Lord. This was not my idea ever, ever. And this um, series that we're embarking on kind of... um, not super structured, but what does it mean to be a Christian today? What does it mean to be a follower of Jesus Christ in the 21st century? What does that look like when we hit on things like these words and these phrases that people are saying that sound really nice and they tickle our ears? What does that mean? What does it mean to live your truth? And how do we, how do we line that up to your word, Lord? Give us wisdom and discernment, Lord, in all that we read and listen to, even this podcast, Lord, give each of us wisdom and discernment as I speak and as we listen. May your Holy Spirit guide my words. May it be his words that speak through me and not Michelle's words, because Michelle's words are going to confuse, Lord, and we want your words to hold us to a standard of holiness that we can only achieve because of you, Father, and in your son's precious name, amen. Okay, so live your truth and other lies. So I will be perfectly honest. A couple of things. I mean, I'm, I try to always be honest. Don't you love when somebody says, can I tell you the truth? And you're like, have you been lying to me this whole time? Anyways, um, I've never reviewed a book before. Um, I'm just going to be sharing my thoughts, which I guess is basically a review of the book. So um, that was a nice little like full circle there. 
uh, at first glance, I have to be perfectly honest, I was super resistant to this book because in bold letters, it says, live your truth. And I was like, uh, heck no, no, not at all. And hello, Michelle, judgmental Michelle, hold up just one second. If you look right below it, it says, and other lies, exposing popular deceptions that make us anxious, exhausted, and self-obsessed. Okay, I can get behind that, but what is it gonna say? You know, what is what is she gonna what is she gonna say about this? Are we going to, you know, be aligned on this? Is she taking it straight from God's word and whatever? So backing up just a little bit, it was really fun for me to get this book because Elisa and I actually went to high school together. Now, in full, uh, I was going to say honesty, but I, her sister and I, her oldest sister and I are actually graduated together. I think we went all the way from like seventh through 12th grade. We went to a small um, private Christian school that was junior high and high school. And Elisa is the same age as I think my younger brother or maybe like between us. I can't remember exactly. She's younger than me. Um, and when you go to a small private Christian high school, Maybe you live in a small town and you're like, oh, sister, I know what you're talking about. Like everybody knows everybody and everybody knows everything about everybody. And sure, we'd like to say that we don't gossip, but it does. But in this case, it wasn't so much gossip, but because she experienced some sort of success, like people hear about it. She was part of a Christian group called Zoe Girl. I don't think I ever heard any of their songs, but I would hear about her success from time to time and super proud of her. There is this tendency, so sadly, for so many kids who grow up in the church like she and I both did and surrounded in this Christian bubble, legit, I'm not even kidding, my world was so Christian. I had one aunt and uncle and two cousins who were not believers in my immediate circle. Other than that, everybody I knew was a professing Christian. Now, I say professing because some probably were not, but everyone in my bubble was a believer. And so what can happen in that is you have a very skewed view of life. And also when you grow up in that, there's a tendency for people to walk away from the faith because of so many things. One, it was not their faith. They did not have a relationship. They went to that school or that church because one, they were kids and they had to do whatever their parents told them to do, right? Or two, they just they just didn't understand it. It wasn't spoken um, correctly. So after... Um, you know, she went through after, sorry, after she graduated high school and had all of the success, there was an, a time where she was starting to kind of deconstruct her faith. And you can read her first book, Another Gospel, which I'm actually reading through currently, along with like three other books. Um, but by the grace of God, she recognized her need for Jesus of the Bible as he appears in the Bible, that there was not anything that needed to change and to study the truth. And she's become a great apologist within the Christian community. And I can see the Lord just, just increasing her ministry in so many ways that I don't even know if she, she could have imagined. So I've shared her podcast with you before the Elisa Childers podcast. Um, you can find her on YouTube and Instagram and at her website, elisachilders.com. But I share all of that. So you understand a bit where she's coming from. So her first book, Another Gospel, uh, chronicles her 
her journey of deconstruction and then coming back. So I would highly recommend you read that. But we're going to focus on this book, Live Your Truth and Other Lies. And I'll just like start right out from the front. I loved it. I highly, highly, highly recommend it. In this day and age, in the 21st century, we are hit with so many lies. And she talks about, I think it's 12, I think the chapter, uh, 13. She talks about, um, well, yeah, 12 different lies that we are bombarded with in this world. And, you know, the Bible tells us that there are going to be wolves in sheep's clothing. We're going to hear really nice things by people that seem like sheep right? But they are wolves and they really want to deceive because Satan, right? He is the father of lies. His whole desire is to deceive. And in that episode where I talked about armoring up, right? What what does the Bible say about being a Christian today in the 21st century is we know from that passage in Ephesians that our battle is not against flesh and blood. It's against the the, the fiery darts the that are being slung at us from the evil forces within this world. And so these nice little phrases like, trust me, even though I've never done this before, or um, live your truth, or you are enough, you should put yourself first, authenticity is everything. How many of us have heard that so many times? And it's not, it's not wrong. Authenticity is important, but is it really everything? You only have one life, so YOLO, live it to the most, right? God just wants you to be happy. That's a lie. Sorry. Um, God just, I'm sorry, you shouldn't judge. You are the boss of you. It's all about love. Girl power is real power. I mean, I can buy into the whole girl power thing because I'm a mom of three girls and I want them to be strong and powerful. But it goes back to what is our standard. Our standard is not this world. Our standard is God's world. And we can go through the Bible over and over and over again and see that reminder that it is the truth. And I want to focus for a second on her chapter three, which is where she talks about live your truth. And she starts each chapter with a a little quote. Um, And this one is, you can choose what you believe, Shuffler, but you can't change the truth. And it's true. We would all agree with that, right? But then how many times do we hear people talking about, well, this is just my truth. This is my truth. That's your truth. And that's not, (laughs) it's not truth. Truth is truth. There's no way around that. I mean, we can go back to the basics of two plus two is four, right? Well, I don't know if you remember, but so I am a teacher by education. Um, A couple of years ago, every few years, we have this, um, usually a new, uh, uh, what's it called? New, (laughs) new curriculum. Sorry, words are escaping me. New curriculum that comes onto the scene that this is going to teach everything new and a better way. Well, Common Core came onto the scene and it was ridiculous. Uh, some of you are probably still struggling (laughs) and traumatized from that time period where basically I would hear people and teachers saying, and and I did a ton of research on it, I would hear people saying like, if you can come up with an explanation for your answer, then okay. It didn't matter if the answer was wrong. That's a problem, especially when we come to absolutes like mathematics. Two plus two is always going to be four. 
you can say two plus two is 12 and you can come up with some flowery, flowery response, but the fact is you're wrong. And we've gotten away from truth, from telling the truth. And I go back to a couple weeks ago, I did an episode on love and love verse six. It says, love does not rejoice at wrongdoings, but rejoices with the truth. So we, I know there's a tendency to be afraid of like, I don't want to correct anybody because, you know, that's their truth and that's what they believe. And well, that's their opinion. And there's a difference between their opinion and the truth, the absolute truth, right? I love how she explains it. And this is on page 25 of her book and where she's just talked about two plus two equals five. Yeah, it does not. Truth is true for all people in all places and times. It also It's also something you can't event, think up, or create. It is something you discover. It doesn't change, no matter how much people's belief about it do. Truth isn't altered because of how it makes someone feel. Truth is entirely unaffected by the tone and attitude of the person professing it. A lie is still a lie even when communicated with humor and just the right amount of whimsy. For example, a big jerk can shout out an obscenity-laced truth, while a sweet and funny person can convincingly state a convenient untruth. Rewind that if you need to hear that again. Truth is truth is truth. You might not like hearing it, but that's different. Truth is truth and it it matters. It absolutely matters. She goes on to say Christianity is a belief system that stands or falls on objective truth. There is one truth and everything that she says in this book is needs to be heard by our culture and our society today. Truth is truth. That might be the narrative that you want to create your truth, but the reality is it's not true. It's not objective truth. So we have to go back to what does God's word say? And I'm going to finish out um, by sharing two things. Um, Philippians 4, it says in verse 4, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So that peace comes from God, right? That's absolute truth right there. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Always, we always have to take it back to the truth of God's word. That is our litmus test. That is the core and the basic basis of everything that we believe. And I think um, Elisa does a really good job taking these lies that we hear in our culture and putting them up against God's word. That is our truth. I'm going to close out with what she says at the end. This is the very last page, the very last um, two couple paragraphs within her book. And I think she does it so well that I just want to say, I, I want to use her words. 
The cross is not just a symbol of salvation. It's a place of rest. It's the answer to the exhaustion and anxiety of trying to do it yourself. Let's just be honest. All the lies we've talked about in this book lead us to place ourselves on the throne. We want to be our own gods. Sentiments like, live your truth. You are enough. And you are the boss of you all sound really nice, right? They're great for a bumper sticker or put on your water bottle, but they lead only to self-worship. Reader, if you and I dive down into the deepest recesses of our hearts, do you know what we will find every single time? A sinner in need of a savior. We all have a choice. We can worship ourselves or deny ourselves. We can choose to follow our hearts, which is wicked, right? Or we can choose to follow Christ. As the prophet Elijah said to the Israelites when they were double-minded about whom they should worship, he said, how long will you go limping between two different opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. 1 Corinthians 18.21 We could put it like this today. If the Lord is God, follow him. But if the self, follow yourself. Pursuing Christ in a world that tells you to put yourself first is a difficult road. It stinks like death to those who are perishing. But to those who are being saved, it is life and hope and peace. Christian, your truth doesn't exist. Your truth won't bring hope or save anyone. You must speak and live the truth. No matter the cost, your reward, as Jesus said in John 8, 32, the truth shall set you free. Truth is a person and he is your reward. Friend, if you're struggling with any of these things, take it all back to God's word. That is the truth, the only truth. It might hurt. It might not be what you want to hear. But if you're truly seeking to know Christ and live a life that is honoring to the Lord, then we always have to go back to the truth of God's word. Okay, friend, I love this book. I'm going to uh, put a link in the show notes. I don't earn a dime from sharing this with you, but I think it's imperative that we have this in our libraries. Something that I've been enjoying doing lately is when you buy it off of Amazon, I know that's a whole other thing, but convenient. When you buy it off of Amazon, you're usually able to add it to your Audible for free or maybe a token or I don't know. I I have so many tokens because I have been um, contributing and paying for Audible for quite some time and not really using it. But what I've been doing now is I will buy the book and actually I'm starting to listen to it right away. And I can kind of power through a book in a day or two through the course of my day. And then I like having a physical book. So then I can go through and I can underline and look through. And that's what I'm doing with um, the book that I'm currently reading. If you are interested in what I'm currently reading, it's called Forgotten God by Francis Chan. I believe it was written in like 2009. Love it. So good. So good. And if you are like me, raised in a very conservative Christian church, which was doctrinally true, but there was um, a lot that I misunderstood about the Holy Spirit. So kind of where the Lord has me right now. Friend, I love you. I'm thankful for you. If there's something that you're struggling with today and you're like, ooh, what does it mean to be a Christian today and how do I, what? 
fill in the blank. What are you struggling with? What's something that you want a biblical perspective on? Um, and I would love to see if I can find a guest who that is her strength or his strength. And we can talk about that. Um, if you have any guest recommendations, please send them to me. You can find me um, in three different places on Facebook. It's the Facebook group. And I can't remember the site name at the moment. So you can check that out in the show notes. You can find me on Instagram at it's me, Michelle Castro. And then also you can always email me. It's me, Michelle Castro at gmail.com. Trying to keep things super, super simple. Have an amazing day and I'll see you next week. Really quick, before you go, would you take a second to subscribe to the podcast? Wherever you are listening right now, go find out how you can subscribe. That way you're not going to miss a single episode. And secondly, if you like what you're hearing, would you leave me a review? A five-star review on Apple Podcasts would mean so much to me. Thanks again, and I'll see you next week.